just queens are too just queens their time has come united queendom hello 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 i'm ed dyson i'm charlie valentine and we are united, united queendom bringing you all things drag race plus the ed and charlie show in which we help the celebs and plebs who need it the most with their many, many, many problems. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Remember to rate, review, and always, always share. United Queendom is sponsored by Q Bar, proud owner of the best gay bars in London. Enjoy Q Bar, Q Club, Little Club, and She Bar in Soho every night of the week for drinking, dancing, and despite the name, limited queuing. Now let's get on with the show. Hello, just to let you know, uh, this week we're going to be doing um, the recap for the first time over the phone, Charlie and I. Uh, because one of us is self-isolating. We've been joking about it for weeks, but now shit just got real. Um, so yeah, sorry about that. It would be better if we were all in the studio together and with Moon. But um, just for this one week, I think we're just going to do it like this. Uh, we were also hoping to be announcing our first live event today, which was going to be taking place on April the 3rd at Q-Bar, our proud sponsors. Uh, but that's not not looking likely now. Um, because of everything that's happening in the news. Uh, but hopefully soon we'll be able to get that back on track. In the meantime, everyone, wash your paws. And any listeners in London who want to attend a United Queendom live event, let us know so we can start preparing something amazing for you soon. Thank you. And let's get on with the show. Obviously, this is a tough time for all of us. We're confused, upset and frustrated. So let's start with some advice to everyone affected by the result of this week's elimination on season 12 of Drag Race. Stay strong. Take some time out. Maybe don't go out for a few days. Self-isolate, because seeing other people will only make the hurt spread. And keep your head up. We'll get through this. It could take three months. It could take a year. But one day, we will move on. Although saying that, I'm still not over Shangela or Manila's All-Stars eliminations. Charlie, hello. Hello. Is this working? Sorry, we're trying out a new recording method. Um, Charlie, what's been your most upsetting ever elimination in light of this week's controversy? My most upsetting elimination? I think any time Alyssa got eliminated because she just didn't deserve it. All three times then? All three times when she became, what was it, fifth alternative? Alternate? Alternate? That was a lovely fourth alternate. Sorry, I'm having like a stroke here, aren't I? <laughs> Um, Obviously, the reason I'm talking about it is because there's been a bit of an uproar about this episode this week, um, which we will get to later. But let's start at the beginning of the episode. Unfortunately, we're not with Moon at the moment. He's actually, he can hear us, but he forgot his mic, so we cannot hear him. So he's like a a presence like God. We could still do (laughs) to the moon. He's always a presence like God. (laughs) As in he's not real. He's just a figment of our imaginations. Let's do To The Moon anyway, even though he can't tell us. And then next week he can update us on two outfits. Three, two, one. To To The Moon. To The Moon. To The Moon. Come on and take me away. To The Moon. We're still doing this over Google Hangouts and we're trying out a new recording thing. So there may be some technical glitches for which we can only apologize. But let's see if we can do this. So, beginning of this episode, the ball ball, uh, we start off, well, we start off as we do every week with the sherry pie disqualification reminder. Uh, Yeah, so do you think we need this reminder every week? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, maybe some people are tuning in that don't know about it. They just really want to hammer it at home. I like how I think she gets about 0.5 of a second of uh, actual dialogue in this episode. The disqualification reminder is longer than her actual footage in the episode. I know. It just starts it off and like you're so excited for Drag Race to be on. It starts off on such a sombre note of like, oh yeah, that again. But I guess they do need to include it because I guess anyone watching in the future, if they just pick a random episode, maybe it just needs that to make sense. It's also really foreshadowing that she's going to do well, isn't it? Well, as ever, I try really hard to avoid spoilers, but that has been quite hard to ignore. So yeah, I think you are right. Well, I kind of know you're right, but I don't want to spoil it for anyone else. But in a way, it's not a spoiler because it's like, whether she goes far or not, she's not going far. We know that much. (laughs) Um, uh, But what we do know for sure is that Dahlia is gone. uh, And... That already feels like eight years ago now to me. <laughs> Just because the days are so long now with, in the new coronavirus world that it just seems like a lifetime ago. It feels like watching season three again or something. But it was only last week. I know. Well, there's so many queens now. She's just going to... Do you think she'll fade into the ether or is she going to stand out? I definitely don't think we'll be seeing a lot more of Dahlia. So the beginning of the episode, um, Nikki Doll, uh, she's talking about being in the bottom last week. She said she's had a wake-up call. She says uh, she's now realised that every single episode one of us is going to go, which um, I know English isn't her first language, but I would have thought she would have clocked on a little bit sooner about that. It's, it is part of the format. Um, I find it annoying when people always, whenever they're in the bottom the next week, it's like, oh, it lit a fire under my ass. It's a wake-up call. Uh, how do you feel about that? Oh, my God, it's classic, always. Oh, they talk the same old shit every week. They're always like, oh, I'm going to come back stronger than ever. You better watch out for me. It's like, no. Goodbye. Because, I mean, who from your Drag Race memory, all I can think of is Raven, as in someone who lip-synced very early on, but then made it very far. Does that make sense? Yeah, Raven's the most classic example of that. I remember... The detox? Um, Detox, I think she lip-synced twice Or maybe three times And yeah, one of them probably was quite early I remember Monet Exchange She lip-synced, I think, in the first few episodes Twice in a row And then she got quite far And then obviously went on to win All-Stars So it does happen sometimes Um, I don't feel like Nikki Doll's going to be one of those types (laughs) But she does do well this week Um Rockham Sakura says it feels like anyone could go home now and we're thinking <gasps> you can say that again Rock mm-hmm. um, but it, it does feel like that doesn't it um, yeah there's no clear well apart from she who should not be named and uh, Gigi I don't think there are not I mean, maybe there are a few front runners yeah I feel like there's only about two people who could win and it is Gigi and Jada and I, I do think um, Sherry Pie was meant to be one of the other contenders. So yeah. I think it has kind of thrown a bit of a loop. Um, I find it funny that Nikki says, um, if if I have what it takes to send Dahlia home, then I have what it takes to send every single one of these girls home. And I'm thinking, bitch, did you watch the lip sync? Well, I guess she didn't because she was in it. But I wouldn't come out of that lip sync too cocky. Oh, my God. Tragic. It's the worst lip sync in years. 
But do you think in her head now she's a lip sync assassin? <laughs> she's up there with Cameron Michaels. That was barely scraping by by the skinny of teeth. That was not some sort of massive <laughs> triumph. Um, but they do discuss Sherry's win for all of two seconds. Sherry, you won. Thank you. And then move on. That's all she gets. The shade of it all. Are you still feeling like they're handling it the right way? Yeah, I suppose, I think you have to, you know, as we know, the Drag Race fandom is notoriously rabid and um, vicious. And I just think they wouldn't let it slide if they kept her in so much. But it does, it just does feel bizarre when she wins challenges having had 12 seconds of screen time the whole episode. And you're like, well, this just doesn't make any sense narratively. Yeah, although I suppose if it happens again, next time we'll be more um, we'll be more ready for it because we've had it once. So we'll be like, oh yeah, that's happening again. I, yeah. I feel like she might win. Um, I mean, I think I joked about this last week, but I genuinely think she might win Snatch Game, not just because she's good at impersonating other people, but it would be <laughs> a shame to see the winner of Snatch Game barely featured in the Snatch Game. I know. We'll see if that comes to happen. Um, Britta thinks that she should be in the top and she's getting very, very cocky and it feels like the fandom really are not taking to Britta. I'm with the fandom, yeah. Yeah, it feels like she is very entitled and very much like, I'm a big name in New York, so I should be winning everything. Even though we've had high-profile names on the show before, Courtney Act, Chad Michaels, um, who it doesn't seem like anyone's ever quite come in this, I don't know, feeling like entitled to be in the top without necessarily earning it. And then the bit I found really annoying was when she was the whole, oh, I had a dream. I won season 12 of Drag Race. And then I think it's Aiden Zane who shuts her down with, and then you woke up. And they do a cut to her face looking like gooped, gagged. <laughs> I know. Where has this cockiness come from? Has she got a mirror? <laughs> do you think that she is kind of set to become like a massive villain? Or do you think... She's probably going to leave quite soon and she was just getting a bit of a milk delusional edit before she left. It reminds me, Britta reminds me of um, Alexis Michelle. That's what I'm thinking of. Do you know that New York kind of cocky? Yeah. But then wasn't actually that great. That's what I'm getting. <laughs> That's what I'm getting from Britta. You kind of, if you're going to be cocky, you kind of need to do it with a little bit more humour um, and a bit more tongue-in-cheek irony where she's kind of... I don't know. I don't know if it's being edited that way, or but it seems like she's lacking in that. And speaking of milk, when I said milk delusional, we also have a bit of a milk moment with Jan, because she pipes up, and she's upset that she wasn't in the top. And it reminds me a little bit of All Stars 3, when it was like, that's a lot of emotion for safe, girl. And even Nikki points out, like, oh, it's a bit insensitive when I've been in the bottom for you to be complaining about just being safe. A lot of people on Reddit, though, are talking about how Jan seems to be kind of being overlooked and she's doing really well in the challenges but not getting in the top. Do you feel like that? No, I'm not a Jan stan yet. I feel like she's getting a lot of love from everyone, but, but I'm just not a... Uh, I like her. I think... I like her as a boy. I think she's quite infectious and charming. But no, in the challenges, I haven't been completely bowled over by her yet. No, she's good, but there's just maybe something that's... I don't know, not quite popping yet. But I do think she could be someone who could go far. I think we haven't seen the best of her yet. You haven't seen the last of me. We get um, Rockham saying that she now has to play to win. 
which then cuts to a funny edit of her skipping with her own ponytail. And I feel like I watched the episode three times now and Damn girl. Appreciate the um, foreshadowing. And it did feel like oh god, Rockham was featured quite a lot in this and it's, it felt like yeah. It was coming, sadly. Uh but we move on to the mini challenge. Rockham now says she recognises that she has to play to win, which clearly does not turn out to be true. And then it cuts to a funny edit of her sticking with her own ponytail <laughs> before we move on to the mini challenge, which is all about the declining bee population and doing the beehive jibe. RuPaul's all about the issues. I know, not the one, um, not the most pressing issue in the world right now. Or maybe it is, maybe it's all connected. But I find it a bit annoying because um, they've just had the bee, like, club challenge in All-Stars 4. Remember when Manila, Trinity and Latrice won with the... I forgot what the bee club was called now. The beehive. Ah, oh, you don't like too many bee challenges. Well, I liked that one, but it's like they milked every bee pun in that challenge in All-Stars 4 to death. So then so soon after to have this mini challenge where they then do loads more honey and sting puns. I just thought it was a little bit overkill, but it's for a good cause, so I'm willing to let that go. Not that they care what I think, but there we go. Uh, who did you think was the uh, best in this challenge? Uh, I loved, oh, I loved a bit of Heidi. She was very good. And she was good in the group buzzing as well, wasn't she? She was a good little buzzer, a little buzzing bee. No, I loved her. I was surprised Gigi with the backfit. That really surprised me. I know she kept that quiet because she has lip synced already in episode one. Um against to starships and she never pulled out that backflip so she's clearly saving some of her tricks in fact it i think she's self-deprecating in the lip sync like i can't really dance and then she flips so i think for the <laughs> shock value she deserved that win uh rue says that she will never say heidi in closet so <laughs> i know she just decided this do, do you think heidi will have to change her name I don't know, but the thing is, it's all over her social media now, isn't it? Her Twitter, her Instagram are all Heidi in closets. So I think maybe she will keep it, but she'll just be referred to as Heidi. Yeah, well, I mean, Trinity the Tuck is the only time I can think of someone changing their name. But I guess she was still Trinity the Tuck Taylor. So that's still... And I bet she didn't have to change any of her social medias. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that is social media that causes a big problem with it. Um, and then we find out what the main maxi challenge is, which is a, a sports themed fashion ball, a ball ball. Oh my God. Lord knows we get a hell of a lot of ball jokes in this episode. I mean, I knew there'd be a lot, but I think they surpassed even my expectations. Have so, I told you how much I hate balls? Like testicles. This is like, this would be my absolute worst challenge ever. I hate balls. Oh, like the actual physical balls. Like, I don't like just spherical, I don't like eat, I've, 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 I don't know if I've talked about this in the podcast before, but like, I can't eat balls. Oh, I think you have like, an, you can't eat an apple. No, I can eat apples, yeah. So what, what would be a ball? Like a pea. <laughs> <laughs> so it has to be like a perfect sphere. I cannot do perfect spheres at all, yeah. So what about like a honeydew melon? Well, no, because you don't put the whole ball, you don't put the whole melon in your mouth. It's about having the whole you ball don't. in your mouth. <laughs> well, what else is that? What about sweet corn? Is that okay because it's slightly squared? Oh, I do sweet corn because they're like little teeth, aren't they? Do you think they're like little teeth? Is that just me? 
Well, very yellow teeth. So, like, very dirty teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, like, ball ponds. You know, like, do have, like, a ball pond with kids. I cannot do that to save my life. Oh, my God. That's, like, <laughs> a nightmare is to be in a ball pond. <laughs> there must be a name for this condition. I don't um, know. Like, this challenge, the idea of, like, just a whole episode around balls and, like, putting balls on my side. I just couldn't do it. I would just, I would just walk out. So you're not going to walk leave. Have you hung up out of shock or did you not hear me? I didn't hear you. <laughs> I said, are you not into teabagging then? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a silly child now. You, you can refuse to answer, it's fine. So we get, <laughs> we get three categories of this ball. Sorry that I'm going to keep saying ball. The first is lady baller, which means some woman playing a sport. The second is basketball wife realness. And the third is balls to the walls eleganza. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from your phobia of balls, are you into this challenge? I do like a ball. In fact, it kind of feels like a throwback, isn't it? Because the earlier seasons of Drag Race was so much about costume design and making stuff. It was a much more design-based show. And, and this is a really good theme. As it's gone on, it's become much more comedy and performance. It definitely did, like, five, six seasons and eight to an extent, but I think they've recognised the fans missed it and they've started to bring them back a little bit more. I think the last season was the first one for a while that had multiple balls. So it's really hard not to laugh when you say balls. And they've started doing the balls earlier, haven't they? The balls yeah. quite like a finale kind of challenge, but now they're bringing them into like episode three, four now. Well, I think they thought it'd be too many looks to get through in one episode, but um, I think they've figured out a way to make it work especially when one of the contestants has completely edited out the show. That frees up a lot of time. Um, as After RuPaul has announced the challenge, he then does this fun little thing where he kicks a ping pong, at, ping pong ball out of the way. Did you notice that? I did notice that. You don't mind seeing them on screen then? Yeah, because they're not in my face. Very traumatic for you this episode. <laughs> I need a trigger warning, not a freaking cherry pie warning. I need a ball warning. <laughs> so, of course, like we get every season, it's inevitable. One of the queens starts talking about how they've never sewn a garment before. And this time it's Heidi, Heidi in closet, Heidi high, Heidi, big ID, whatever she's calling herself. Mm-hmm. Were you worried for her when she started talking about this? Well, I was worried about her. Just her fashion's quite simple and a bit backwards, as in backwoods, W O O D S. Um, oh, backwards. <laughs> like back swamp. Um, exactly. Back, who was that? Oh, Stacey Lane Matthews lived in. Was it hey. um, but on the other hand, Nikki has been built up to do well in this challenge. She seems confident. She's happy. She doesn't have to uh, rely on language skills. And also, that uh, confidence is threatening Gigi, who really seems revved up to win this challenge. Who early on did you predict was going to take it? I predict, from the editing, I was predicting Nikki. I thought she was having her redemption moment. Yes. And also, Gigi, it was hard to know, like, all, we know her mum's a designer, but, like... Oh, God, she mentions it every two minutes. If you play a drinking game of every time Gigi mentions her mum designed her outfits, you will be wasted by the end of every Drag Race episode. Trust. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I thought the same as you. I thought Nikki was going to um, win this. Um, and then we get Jan talking about the fact she used to play soccer, or as we call it, 
football. Is that how it's pronounced? <laughs> I don't tend to talk about it very often, especially not on this podcast. But yeah, I think it's football. Uh, so that's a bit of a shock. Uh, you like football, Charlie, or are you too scared of the ball? No, it's the ball. It's the ball's going to go in my mouth. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did used to play football a lot because the school I went to and the people who like played out after school, that was all they did. Until I made my female friends, which was like 13, I had no choice. It was either be on my own, which I was quite a lot, or play football. And I actually wasn't bad at it at all. I just did not enjoy it. No, it's never really... Because I went to, I went to a grammar school because I'm so smart. Oh, um, but like everyone was like speakies. There wasn't this like all these... And it was an all boys school. There was no girls. But like, yeah. And it, it was just... Everyone was really into their cricket more. It was like cricket, a bit of football. I do like playing rounders. I wish that had been more the fun thing to do. Yeah. No one gets hurt. I mean, your pride gets hurt because it can get competitive. <laughs> but no one gets injured. No one's knee gets broken. It's safe. Good, safe fun. And that's what we endorse here on United Queendom. Um, Jan talks about the fact that she thought that she got a pass for being gay because... She played football, so people thought she was athletic, she couldn't be gay. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but Jan is probably the gayest one there, so unless she's had a reawakening since then, I don't know how anyone missed that one. But good for her. Um, we get some early signs that Britta's not going to do too well in the challenge because she is wearing a huge yellow ball sphere and... <laughs> Yeah, walking around, and it doesn't look like this is going to end well. But did you notice that um, when she's saying, talking about the outfit, Sherry Pie sings, Pineapple Princess. And I think, this is my theory, putting my conspiracy theory hat on, that Britta later on in the episode makes up this story about how her mum called her sisters Pineapple Princesses uh, to give it a backstory and make it make sense so that she wasn't just a random pineapple. I'm not saying it's an interesting conspiracy theory, but <laughs> that is my theory. It's not up there with the moon landing being faked, is it? <laughs> no. I mean, it didn't work. She slender up in the bottom, but I think there was an early sign in this episode that Britta told a lie. And I'm, I'm here to point it out. <laughs> um, Jada says she's not usually the type to be playing with white balls. Of all the of all the ball jokes in the episode, that was my favourite one. I think <laughs> it does get a bit tiring after a while. Um, we get Aiden creating her black and white, whatever it is, um, saying she hopes it's not too simple. Um, what did you think when you first clocked this outfit? <laughs> it is way it's half done. I mean, I think there's some shenanigans going on with Aiden, isn't there? The producers they're being provocative, right? They're keeping her in. Definitely. I think a lot of people are theorizing that um, Drag Race knows that it does well on social media when people are engaging a lot about it and nothing makes them engage more than either being angry that someone's being uh, given a pass or when someone's being eliminated who they wanted to stay, which we also get this episode. So it feels like this is being all very concocted. The old, as Alyssa would say. Yeah. Because um, she's been built up to be in the bottom. Like, that's all the, the foreshadowing we get. So it's a bit of a twist. But she says, uh, the one thing I don't want is to walk down that runway looking like a mess. And it's like, well, it's clearly happening. And oh. I must admit, I didn't clock the referee thing either till Jan pointed it out. Did you? 
No, but then she didn't really capitalise on it. She did add a whistle, I think. Yeah, it wasn't good enough. But, um, yeah, Jan gave her that reference for free, which maybe ultimately was what ended up keeping her at the bottom because they might have found that reference cute. But I find it weird that everyone references in this episode that Aiden ended up taking a nap, which is a bit of a uh, throwback to when Tyra Sanchez did that back in season two. But we never see this alleged nap. I know. Is it a fake nap? Is it all made then, up? Did she somehow find a corner of the room with no camera to take a nap in? I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully we'll find out. Um, uh, they're all playing around with wigs in the workroom and Nikki thinks she looks like Ellen DeGeneres in her wig, which <laughs> is timely because have you seen everything that's kicking off today about Ellen? No, what's happened with Ellen? She cancelled. She's kind of um, having a bit of a cancelled moment. So I noticed it first because Detox tweeted something about Ellen, um, but I didn't realise at the time that it was part of a wider online movement. So someone, and I've forgotten this person's name, he's a comedian who apparently doesn't like Ellen, he tweeted saying that he started a hashtag for everyone to share their horrible stories about Ellen because it's long been rumoured that she treats people very badly, like staff in Hollywood. Um, and then it got a lot of momentum and a lot of people started chiming in with these stories. With everything that's going on in the world right now with coronavirus, if anyone needs a distraction, I would recommend this. I know it's probably quite a negative thing to draw people's attention to, but I did find it very entertaining and a good distraction. Oh, yeah, Detox is one of the people who chimed in. She said her friend had once been like um, shouted at by Ellen for like looking at her or something like that. So yeah, I recommend everyone get into that. I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, disclaimer, I don't know. I've never met Ellen. I don't know if this is true, but who doesn't enjoy a good global bitch i know um and then everyone starts coming speaking of global bitching everyone starts coming for aiden and her nap and her basic outfit britta is particularly angry what did you think of aiden's attitude at this point was it annoying you it was it was really complacent and just put some extra effort into your damn boring outfit <laughs> so how could you get that much confidence from such a crap outfit and if you've ever watched the show you know that just adding stuff to a corset is always even if it looks good it's always going to go badly and this didn't even look good yeah because i do kind of like speaking again of tyra sanchez season two winner um she did do that she finished before everyone took a nap she was very confident but she did have the goods to back it up whereas if you're turning out something crap, then it just comes across even lazier and deluded and just not good. Yeah. Um, we get a little bit of <laughs> the serious part of the episode this week is not too serious, but it's Rockham Sakura explaining why she does big makeup. And it's because of the traumatic incident where someone once told her it must be easy being Asian because you don't have to try that hard. Um, which I've, I've never even really thought about that before. Um, but I, I, do, I did enjoy the backstory to Rockham's makeup. I know, no, you can't just have makeup anymore. You have to have everything has to have a bloody sob story behind it. I must admit, I would probably be the person if I was going on Drag Race. Every single thing about my aesthetic or performance style, I would be coming up with stories for, whether they were true or not. I'd be like, I'm going to get that airtime. It's like, uh, do you remember Eureka why she couldn't sing in public? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was it? It was a traumatic experience when my dad asked me to sing when I was five years old. That's I don't know why I've turned her into that chicken from Bugs Bunny. What's it called? <laughs> Colonel, what's <is> he? <it? laughs> 
I can't remember it. My memory's going. We're all losing our minds in this coronavirus. I haven't left the house in two weeks. I've started talking to the furniture. Um, but, oh, speaking of coming across as crazy, I have to explain something now that's very important. Because, um, Charlie, as you know, when we've come to the end of part one, I've been singing, Dinefa Trapi No, Dinefa Trapi No, Dinefa Trapi, Nefa Trapi, Nefa Trapi No. However, what I didn't realize till last week was the first time I did that and I explained why I was doing it, Moon actually edited out my explanation. <laughs> now being discussed with our lawyers. So I've had messages from people saying, like, what is that song you're singing? So I'm going to explain it again and pray Moon does not edit it out this time because it's already made me look crazy. But Danefa Trapino is the phrase end of part one backwards. And when I was a child, and still to this day when I'm back in Huddersfield where I'm from, whenever we're watching a TV show and it's end of part one, my mum always sings... So that's why I've started singing it on the podcast. And I apologize to everyone who has been listening to that without knowing why. Now you know why. It still doesn't make sense, but there we go. We'll see you in a second. Bye. United Queendom is sponsored by Q Bar, who provide the best gay night out in London. Enjoy Q Bar, Q Club, Little Q and She Bar in Soho every night of the week for drinking, dancing and, despite the name, limited queuing. Now let's get on with the show. We're back and it's time for the runway. Bring so, it to the runway. Bring it to the runway. Bring it to the hodgepodge. Uh, RuPaul's looking gorgeous in violet. Uh, did you live? I'm uh, not for that hair. Oh, I loved the hair. No, it was a loaf. <laughs> you didn't get your loaf then. Um, and no, I did not get my loaf. One person definitely getting their loaf is Leslie Jones, who a lot of people are saying is the best guest judge ever. What did oh, you think? 100%. She was the best. She was very infectious. I don't think I've ever heard so much laughter on the panel in my life. Maybe not since the days of She what? Sorry? She was just so excited to be there. I know, she was proper fangirling out. Do you, are you that familiar with her? Because she is from Go the Ghostbusters film, isn't she? Yeah, she was in SNL for years. That's where I knew her from. And then she was in the Ghostbusters film as well. Which I haven't seen, because I've never even seen the original Ghostbusters. So I'm not that familiar with her, but I do remember it was a huge Wait. deal when she was live tweeting along to Drag Race. Like, that gained a lot of traction, didn't it? Because she, she's quite new to it. Yeah, because it was an old season, so a lot of people were finding it funny that she was tweeting about, like, Roxy and Jinx, and she didn't know what was going to happen, but everyone was just, like, it's just very nostalgic to see someone famous, like, revisiting old seasons. as well, which was epic. Her tweets over the final episode of Game of Thrones were so good. <laughs> I hope she gets paid for this somehow. Um, I have a little test for you now, Charlie. Yay! <laughs> I think you'll pass. So when we introduce Michelle Visage to the panel, she says, doctors don't want me doing any activities where balls fly at my face. And RuPaul says, well, there goes your social life. What is this a reference to? I want balls flying at my face. My Ooh. doctor doesn't want me doing any activities where balls fall to oh, go directly. Hey, 
No, but close. Almost flat my face. Same genre, few years earlier. Earlier than Mean Girls. Yeah. Um, Legally Blonde, no. Earlier, 90s. Yes! Hey! It's on Netflix now, which if anyone needs cheering up, nothing will do it quite like Clueless. Um, although I can't remember if I'd shared this theory already because I've been talking about it a lot the last few weeks. Since I rewatched Clueless, I did start to wonder if it's actually a film about grooming secretly. Because Paul Rudd's character is her stepbrother and they've known each other for five years, which means, because I think that Cher is 16 in the film, he's known her since she was 11. And then at the end, they get together. Ooh. Yeah, that did not age well, but I still love the film, even if it is a cautionary tale about child grooming. <laughs> Sorry for spoiling that. <clears throat> so now, Charlie, we have 36 looks to get through. Yes, let's do 10 minutes on each. <laughs> so what I thought would be if we went through every queen and talked about all three of them at the same time. Gotcha. Um, if that's okay. So, okay. I thought we would start with Jackie Cox, because she's the first one. So she has three looks. She has the Canadian lacrosse look in her Bieber wig. She mm-hmm. has her kind of Kardashian in white look. And then she ends up with the third challenge, obviously is the one they made themselves in a kind of blue, I don't even know how to describe the blue one, blue like electric kind of look. What did you make of her overall presentation across the three looks? Gosh, she was in my bottom three. Really? Bottom three? She has no charisma in this challenge, no personality. I just thought they were boring. I just thought the lacrosse one was obvious and boring. Yeah. I thought the uh, basketball wives, I thought she looked like a freaking genie. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? And then the um, the ball one, she had the tiniest sliver of like a cut up football across her chest. And that was it. No, she was in my bottom three. I'm sorry, Jackie. Do you know what? I'm inclined to agree with you because I didn't put her in my bottom three, but only be- because her looks were not really offensive, but they were so boring in some ways it's worse to be that boring than it is to have a hideous outfit. Yeah. So, so, yeah. And I really didn't like that Justin Bieber wig for the lacrosse thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh-huh. yeah, she seems to have flown under the radar for this one. And I do think Jackie Cox was overlooked last week in the improv challenge, and I think she's going to show a lot of comedic chops. So I'm kind of glad that she skated by. But, yeah, it was not a cute week for her, I don't think. Scoop it on through. However, the next queen... Nikki Doll uh, in her element. So she started off with the first one, which was like a rhinestone quarterback. And then she did her basketball wise, which was like a French Vogue red feather type affair. And then the one she made herself was a multicolored fringe dress. What did you make of hers? I, uh, lo- do you know what? I really loved it. And then looking back on it now, I'm not as in love with it as I was. So the first football one, the wig is too long. That wig annoys me, don't you I think? That, that was the wig I think she was wearing earlier when she joked about being Ellen. But I just thought it was a hideous wig. It is. It, it's too long. It doesn't suit the outfit. It needs to be spiky and monkey. But I did love the um, yeah, football. spiky would have been good. You did also, love Which one did you love? Sorry, the, the basketball wives. I'm struggling with all their basketball wives. It just seems like no one really got the 
I mean, it's hard for us. Obviously, we don't really have basketball here. So I don't really know, you know, like if it was a wag realness, we'd get it. But it just feels like no one, it feels like every single one of them did a very different outfit. I don't know, that, that category I don't think hit, or maybe just no one understood it. I think one person got it. But, we'll <laughs> but Nikki Doll, I thought she just looked so amazing. I almost didn't care whether it was on theme. I just thought she really did look like, as they say, editorial. So I appreciate that. But I know what you mean in terms of, because I watched the episode multiple times, um, Nikki Doll kind of wowed me a lot more on the first watch and then on rewatches I was kind of less impressed, whereas some of the other queens, I liked their looks the more I looked at them. But most importantly, what did you make of the outfit she made for herself? I thought the colour scheme was gorgeous. Yeah. It did, um, it read like kind of like sea urchins to me though. Oh, really? I didn't get that. Yeah, under the sea. I got a very under the sea vibe. Like from Little Mermaid? Yeah, and it looked like seaweed. Oh, no, I don't think... Uh, I got that more from Sherry Pie later, her forest oh, lore. What was that show, but we'll get to Sherry Pie, but... <laughs> the thing that Nikki Dolls most reminded me of, which a few people have said on Reddit, is um, the outfit that Evie Oddly made last year on season 11 during the farm challenge do you remember that one Evie oddly during the yes i do yes i know exactly what you mean it was a similar color scheme but i think evie's was slightly better she didn't actually win that challenge but um a lot of people said it reminded them of that and some people on facebook said that it was similar to roxy andrew's candy dress which i guess is just because it had hanging fringe oh my god i love that ross they loved that roxy andrew candy dress I love that too. So I don't think that Nikki's lived up to either of them, but I was kind of getting a winner vibe from her presentation overall. But um, from something fabulous to something not so fabulous, we got Aiden Zane's uh, three looks. So she did oh, a baseball uh, vintage look. And then she did like a leopard print thing, which I didn't really get. And then, of course, the almost infamous... Um, Footlocker, Betty Page type look. What did you make of these? So I like the idea of the like, I'm going to say 50s baseball. I don't know if that is 50s or not, but I'm going to say 50s. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of it. It was just, again, it's so simple. And it's like, you haven't really done, you've taken the concept, but not really done anything with it. Her mm. leopard print was a hot donkey mess. <laughs> it was atrocious it was so cheap it was like a costume out of the pan shop just no and I didn't get the joke because she was she was That's talking about Peggy wife. yeah I just really really didn't get what she was doing with that it kind of reminded me of uh, James Manfield a few, like she wasn't on the show very long but yeah. she kind of would sometimes do a miss joke type runway and I was just like oh, just, just do it properly please makes <laughs> If the category was like trailer park trash, do you know what I mean? It, that would make sense, but it doesn't make any sense. But even then, if you're going to do that, take the joke as far as possible. It was just not even yeah. dramatic enough to be read clearly as a parody. And then obviously everyone hates this, this look that she made herself. Um, just so, so simple. And I, I could see the potential in it. And the annoying thing is, it's so unfinished. And it's annoying to know that, knowing that she had time. Because had she created a bottom half with some sort of silhouette, I don't think the top half would 
read as bad as it does. Because it's not like ghastly, is it? It's just a bit hodgepodge. Hodgepodge. Bring it to the hodgepodge. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think everyone watching this thought that Aiden was heading for the bottom. Oh, yes. I mean, it was just no question. Um, so we got Rockham Sakura. Her three looks were first the uh, show-stopping tetherball hair. Which Love the hair. And then she did her Basketball Wives, which was kind of quite a low-key look for her without her signature makeup and with the curves and swerves. And then she had her now pretty much iconic designed coloured balls. I don't even know how to describe this, just kind of viral explosion. Uh, What did you think of her presentation? I love the hair, the ball in the hair. I was here for it. The rest of the outfit was boring. The Basketball Wives, I don't know, it's a bit simple and a bit dull. I suppose she gets credit because it's different than her, but the nude illusion cutouts were weird on the side. And I know it's harder for non-white queens to get fine like nude illusion. But they were just wrinkly as well. Yeah, and did you notice, did you clock the padding? It was was like a shelf. It was. I didn't notice it till the judges later critiqued it. Uh, I didn't notice it the first time, but yeah, they were right about that. The padding was way off. And then the ball one, it was just horrific. I did not hate it as much as everyone else, but I do agree it's bad. Um, I do think with just a few small edits, it could have looked okay. Or do you think there was yeah. no hope for this look? No, it was uh, it was repulsive. <laughs> I like that a lot of effort went into it. It was interesting to see her and Aiden critique next to each other because obviously Aiden's was so uh, simple and then Rock's was so over the top. But I appreci- I think I prefer over the top to basic. Huh? Um, then we got Jada. Um, she did a basketball look for her ball look. Then she I did one. I loved it. A lot of people criticised this on Reddit and said, "Oh, she didn't put any effort in." But the ball um, scene usually, when they say realness, they mean you're meant to actually look passable. So the challenge yeah. is to actually look like you are a female basketball player, which I think she absolutely did. She was apart from the bad. Dribbling. Do you dribble a basketball? You do dribble it. Oh my God, get us lads, lads, lads. <laughs> um, apart from that, she did look like the real deal. And I liked the what she said about giving female basketball players the shine that they deserve but don't always get. That was cute. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you make of her uh, basketball wives look? I loved it except the goddamn shoes. You always clock the shoes. I didn't even notice the shoes. What was wrong with them? They were like little slippers. Slippers? Were they even they heels? Little slippers. They're like the cheap, like sexy shoes you'd get in like Anne Summers or something. They're absurd. <laughs> I didn't notice that, but I loved the look. So I hope you haven't ruined it for me on rewatch. It was so elegant and I just thought she looked so rich and glamorous and beautiful. She's very beautiful. And I love yeah. the way she paints her face. older. You are? She looks slightly older, though. I will say, like, you know, she's a possible wife getting on a bit. <laughs> a bit of a Jada Pinkett Smith. Exactly. And then uh, she got later gets a lot of praise for her bubble illusion um, balls to the wall extravaganza. Did you love this? I liked it. I wasn't in love. 
I really didn't like the gold headband. I thought it really threw off the colour. Yeah. I really liked the idea and I thought it looked good. But you know when she originally designed it early in the episode, it was meant to be a gown, but she ran out of white balls. Yeah. Um, I really do think it would have looked better if it had been longer. It just looked a little bit too short for me. It would have balanced out the silhouette a little bit more, but I still really enjoyed it. It was more creative than what most of the things we saw on the runway. Yeah. Um, especially Britta, who we get next. So she had three looks. Obviously, she did the, for the ball, she had a baseball look where she pulled something out of her mouth. She did a yellow mugler. Is that how you say it? Yeah. I'm showing my fashion credentials here, aren't I? But I'm more than uh-huh. qualified to be critiquing these bitches. And then for her homemade look, she did a pineapple illusion. What did you think of her three lurks? Boo, a boo, a boo, all a boo. I am so on the <laughs> anti-Britain bandwagon. A hat trick of boots. Well, in fairness, I quite didn't mind her baseball look, the first one. I thought that was quite cute with the stitching. What was she pulling out of her mouth? Well, I couldn't tell what it was at first, but on three rewatches, I've come to the conclusion it is an, a baseball with no ball in the middle. Why? I don't know. At first I thought it was a sock and then I thought it was a condom and I've come to the conclusion it is a baseball, but just a really rubbery one. Oh. Um, <laughs> and then I really did not like the yellow dress. I just thought it was yellow so basic, was... so boring. Oh, gee. And I agreed with what Ross said later that it was too similar to what she then made. Yeah. Um, and the pineapple, I mean... Obviously, everyone is in agreement. There was no pineapple to be had there. When um, Leslie Jones is like, you had me looking up what a pineapple is. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, do not tell me that's a pineapple. I love that. And also, even if she had successfully pulled off a pineapple look, a pineapple dress has been very, very famously done by a queen before with Manila Luzon, where it practically went on to become her signature look. So I don't know why you would try and do something that has been so successfully done on the show before and then to do it so badly is just baffling. I I didn't, a lot of people online afterwards have said about this that they think it's one of the worst looks they've seen in recent years, which I definitely do not agree with. I think we've seen a lot worse. I think obviously dear, dear Vinegar Strokes and her dress on UK and a few baggers on Maybe it's one of the worst on the American for a while. It is, but never imitate Manila Luzon, the queen of love. No, you're never going to come out well of that, are you? Also, um, she's the angry. Throwback to the star of our episode. She's the uh, elimination I was most angry at. Yes, I would agree with you. I mean, my heart is still broken. I'm still grieving. <laughs> also, you know I'm a shoe queen. Britta keeps attaching stuff to her shoes. Yes, and her feet are so big already, and they just make them look like little boats. <laughs> that is very true. If you have Stop. if you're dragging them with large feet, don't draw attention to the feet. Oh my god, no. To the hooves. Uh, next up we have Crystal. She oh. she has um her first look is like a bowling look of pink and turquoise. I love saying turquoise. Um, and she shows much lighter makeup. And then for Basketball Wives Realness, she does like a Paris Hilton in pink type cute affair. 
And then her designed look is a Carmen Miranda uh, multicolored ball extravaganza. Um, did you, I know you like Crystal. Are you happy with what she gave us? This I'm a Crystal apologist. <laughs> so I love, I really like the bowling idea. I thought it was a cute idea to do bowling. I love the colours. Mm-hmm. I will concede it's quite simple. Yeah. But I did really like it. I like the little, like, 60s reference. Yeah. <laughs> I do not know my day. My partner, sorry, I have um, a partner, but I feel like I'm too old to say boyfriend now. Um, he thought it was a reference to Greece, which I don't think it was. But, yeah, that would make it kind of uh, 50s, 60s, would it? Yeah, one of those decades. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it. I thought it was boring. I thought the parasilton was fine, but boring. But I did like her designed look. I thought that was um, fun, refreshing, and just like colorful and bright. And yeah, I, I liked that. I like the parasilton, but the breasts were a bit odd. She was too flat chested, and the cups were like empty. It just felt a bit, there was something wrong in the breast department. Yeah. Today, <laughs> you were such a boob man, Charlie. I never would have thought. She needs like a, she needed some boobs. Yeah, there wasn't contouring or something. It just looked a bit like very boy chest. Do you like, like her? Sorry, do you like her with more toned down makeup? I do a bit. I feel like I do because it was just I do like a queen with signature makeup, but it was just a bit too busy before. Yeah, I prefer it toned down. And I do like big makeup. I like it on Trixie, I like it on Rockham, but something about crystals was a little bit too much if that's possible. So next up, we get to Jan. Um, As she used to play football, as we call it, football, uh, she comes out in a football outfit and dribbles one down the runway. Then for basketball wives, she does a silver rhinestone tracksuit, complete with Janelle bag. And then for her design, I don't really have to describe this, she comes out in kind of a futuristic blue spherical ball type thing with chewing gum. So there's a lot of people doing stuff with their mouths on this runway. Uh, what did you think of, about her three looks? Looks. I was blown away. Am I being negative? Am I being a negative Nancy? Charlie, you are entitled to your opinion, but you are a Nancy. I will, I will say that. I really didn't like her first football look, the black and white one. I just thought it was chunky and, like, unflattering. I thought it was cute. No, I wasn't feeling it. And then her basketball wives, it was a bit simple. It's very similar to her entrance outfit, do you remember? Yeah, when she made that weird Fergie reference that no one got. And then had to explain it. Um, (laughs) And then her final one, I just didn't really get the futuristic reference. I thought the skirt was too big and chunky. Yeah, I wasn't in love with Jan this episode. I agree that I did not like her designed outfit. I didn't get what she was meant to be. I didn't like the silhouette. I just thought the whole thing was just a bit rubbish. But I did like her football and did like her rhinestone tracksuit. And I appreciate the pun of the Janelle thing. I'm a sucker for a pun. But yeah, I agree it was not enough to get her in the top. But I agree she wasn't in the bottom either. Um, but, uh, another person who ended up being safe was Heidi. She did for her baller, she did a golf outfit. And then for her basketball wives, she did a like a white curvy dress, complete with sunglasses. And then for her design look, she put on a ball cap and then kind of had like a purple and green alien type visual going on. 
I feel like she didn't really get talked about much in this episode, but what did you make of it? I um, I thought the gold flip was cute. She sold it well. She's good at saying a little outfit. She is. I um, hated that golf outfit. Really? I thought it was so badly tailored. It was like baggy and I was like, could she not have just cinched it in a bit and given a bit more? I mean, she obviously can do that because on the white dress for her next one, which I loved, she looked like Cardi B or something. She looked beautiful. She looked rich. But the golf one, she just it just seemed a bit like thrown together. I just thought it was really cheap and drab and I hated it. I mean, I hate golf, so it was always going to turn me off. But no, I didn't like it. Yeah, the white one was good, but especially with sunglasses on. That I yeah. feel like that she fit the brief the best. That is true, actually. Her and previously Jada, I think they both looked like they could actually be basketball uh, player wives. Yeah. Uh, but what did you make of her designed look? Because I couldn't really figure out what I thought. I think I liked it. It was good for her to like do something different and be out of the box. Yeah. For me. It looked um, like executed well, though, which previously she's been criticised for that. So I thought it was good that she had a full concept and stuck to it. So I think she's one who could keep surprising us. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad she wasn't in the bottom. She really is the funniest, as we've said before, the funniest narrator on the show this season. So I don't want to lose her too soon. Um, no, keep her. Keep her, keep her, until she gets a new name. Um... And speaking of new names, our next contestant, Sherry Pye, has a new name on Reddit, which is Redacted. That's what everyone calls her. Um, she oh. does three looks. The first one is a reference to Matilda, where she does trunch ball. Then for Basketball Wives, she has a little basketball-themed outfit with a money gun. And then for her design one, she wore like a forest witch kind of thing, which seemed quite left field to me. Uh, what did you make of her looks? I love... Us two. Yeah, I, I like the Matilda. I like the Matilda. I thought it was an odd reference, but she, she, what I like about it, it was mistranslatable, but she made it, she made it fashion. But no, but she'd done something with it. It wasn't like a literal trunchable. She turned into drag. And I loved her basketball wives one with the money gun. I loved it. I loved the money gun. The outfit on its own was well put together, but without the money gun, I would have been a little underwhelmed, I think. Oh, I see after it. But that, the look that she made, I am still bamboozled why she came out as like a wood nymph. What is going yeah. on? It like just Fern Gully. Oh, I love Fern Gully. It just seemed like she was there for a different runway. Not that everyone came out, everyone had loads of different themes going on, but this one just seemed like very random to go in the forest direction. I don't know why. And there was, I couldn't really see any balls on her. I know she did have them but I think you meant to incorporate the balls quite heavily in the outfit. It made no sense. Did you um, hear about the controversy about the her Matilda look? Oh, no, what's happened with that? Has Matilda been cancelled now? No, there was, because it said Olympics 1972 on uh, her Miss ball look which I think is a reference, I should probably know this if I'm going to bring it up, but to some sort of terrorist attack that happened. Oh, but, was that Munich? Yeah, I think so. But then oh. um, I think that, but she, that is what Miss Trunchbull wears in the film. And I think it caused controversy when the film came out. So she's referencing something that has already been oh. controversial. 
Oh. I cannot get more controversial at this point. So I think it's all much more. Anyway. Now terrorists sympathize us. <laughs> um, next up is the, for me, one of the contenders for the worst of the week, uh, Widow. Um, her first look was kind of a horsey polo look. Then she did a big white sleeved basketball wives look. And then her third look was kind of Wakanda um, inspired, which was the one she designed herself. Uh, what did you make of these? I hated the horsey one. Hated it. She did not like ugly. My friend Katie said, also, it's not a sport with balls. But I think it is because polo has balls, doesn't it? Yeah, but she wasn't, she didn't have a polo stick. No, so she could have made that clearer. And yeah, I just wasn't yeah, feeling it. The bars were wide. It was so chunky, that whole aesthetic of like chunky. It was looks so heavy. And she's been wearing these really low heels. They're just gross. I'm going to start calling you the shoe watcher. No shoes get past you today. I am all about the shoes. Yeah, she's wearing these really low, and they make her feet look so wide. She's got that wide foot. How you saw that with those massive sleeves, I don't know. But yeah, that yeah. outfit was horrible, I thought. However, I do think she redeemed herself with the look that she made because I thought that was really interesting and quite cool. Uh, yeah, really interesting silhouette. I liked it. I was getting like Machu Picchu in yeah. her realness. I find it really weird, though, when there's a ball and the queens make something for themselves that's nicer than what they brought. I'm like, <laughs> why don't you just make your own other stuff? Because a couple of you bought stuff, paid money for it, that is worse than something you knocked up in a workroom. Um, but that just about redeemed her because more weight goes to the design challenge, I think, than the other two looks. So I think that just saved her because for me, she could have been a contender for the bottom with the other two, which I did not like. And then finally, the last queen is Gigi. Her three <laughs> looks are Gigi Good. She does a Heathers reference. Have you seen Heathers? I am. I'm a big fan of Heathers. I've only seen it once, and I did like it, but I don't get all the references. So when RuPaul was saying, what joke did he make about it? I didn't get that, what that was. I said, what's your damage? That was the reference. Is that a reference to the film? Oh, I don't know. See, we, it's not quite in the vernacular as much as, say, Clueless or Mean Girls, maybe. Her second look was like a snakeskin uh, anaconda realness for her uh, basketball wife. And then her third look, how would you describe this? She said mod, multicolour balls, 60s cute type whimsical thing. Yeah, I think that's a fair description. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for quantity over quality with the words. I just keep saying loads of different words. Something will be accurate. Um, uh, what did you make of her trio of fashion looks? I thought I thought the Heather's one was cute, but it was too literal it was like it, to put it next to um sherry and miss trunchbull sherry yeah. took the idea of it and turned it into a drag look where Gigi's literally just copied what the heathers wore yeah it's, it's just like a copy of it she didn't, didn't change it up a bit so like, yeah yeah so i prefer it when they just take the idea the reference but turn it into their own look rather than just merely directly copy it I do love plaid, though, so she looked great. Um, I'm not as 
crazy about snake skin. So that look, I appreciate yeah. it was quite good, but I just thought maybe she could have done something more exciting. Actually, it was just a, it was just a coat. It was just That's it. I mean, this happens a lot on the show, but if you're, as they later refer to her, a sample size, you can kind of get away with a lot more than a bigger queen because obviously she yeah. can work it on the runway. It looks kind of cool because she's so slim and um, kind of elegant. But, yeah, I'd still like her to do what, like Aquaria and Violet did, who also got away with that stuff but still chose to elevate it anyway to a higher level. Yeah. And then what... I'm interested to know what you thought of the outfit she made for herself because I'm kind of torn. Like, I know I like it, but I can't tell if it's really good or just good. Uh, I liked it. I, I was in love with it. Well, again, it's because the ball shapes put me off. But I did like the reference. I was getting like, is it Mary Quantas? Is that what I'm thinking of? Or am I going mad? Is she the one who gives money advice on Channel 4? No, that's Mary Portas. You're getting your Marys mixed up. <laughs> is she the one on Great British Bake Off? No, I'm joking now. That's Mary Berry. Um, I think she like basically like she was in the 60s she like invented the high street or something oh I don't know who this bitch is I think there was a whole exhibition of hers at the VNA recently or something she like invented the shopping um, well I never know how much in these challenges to give weight to how much work they did because obviously Gigi I think hers is the hardest constructed outfit yeah but obviously, are we just judging on how it looks? Because I don't think it was the best outfit on the runway, but I guess she did put a lot of effort in and it was well made. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, we find out who the tops and bottoms are. The tops are Gigi, Jada, and Nikki, and the bottoms are Aiden, Britta, and Rockham. Did you agree with the tops and bottoms? Well, no, you said who you thought should be in the bottom is... Jackie. Jackie. Yeah. Who who do you think would be joining her? I would have said Jackie. I would have had to have said... Um, Brit- oh, my God, obviously Britta. Jesus. <laughs> I would have said Jackie, Britta, Aiden. Uh, so you would not have had Rockham even in the bottom three, never mind the bottom two. No, I did love the hair thing. I mean, her last outfit was atrocious. I'm inclined to agree with you, actually. I mean, I... I think I agree with the tops, um, with the bottoms. I would have, I would have slid Sherry into the top, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I just thought the last look was a bit random. Um, a lot of people saying Crystal could have gotten the top, but she wouldn't have done it for me. Um, now, I do agree with the tops and bottoms. It's more the who gets in the bottom two that a lot of us are more disagreeing with. But mm-hmm. we do find out... Um, Oh, no, sorry. Who would you have given the win to? The win? Um, oh, my God, it's tough. Possibly. I, I, oh, it's so hard. Of course, <laughs> for me, Sherry won the first and second. But she really, that last one, she didn't make any sense. Yeah. I would have gone with Nikki Doll. That's what I said at first, but uh, on my rewatches, I've changed it to Jada. But all of them have strengths and weaknesses. Um, but I think I would give it to Jada. So we move on to the critiques. They say they like Jan's look. Um, no, not Jan, sorry, Nikki's look, but they want it to be more wacky. And they ask her, what's the wackiest thing you've ever done? Which is really putting someone on the spot, isn't it? Like, how does anyone answer that question? 
I know. But she does get the chance to prove it by making an ugly face. <laughs> Yay. That's one way to prove how wacky you are. Good for her. They say that they liked Aiden's first look, but not her others. Um, so obviously it feels like she's heading to the bottom too. Um, some people are joking that she's like maybe a secretly a producer's son or something. <laughs> she's getting such a easy ride. And like RuPaul just keeps saying stuff like, you've got it. You, you've, she's got the talent. You just have to hone it. And it's like, is she seeing something that we're not? I just think they're being provocative and they're just trying to cause drama on purpose. I think you're right, actually. And it's working. Oh, completely. Uh, with Rockham, they said they liked her ball swinging around, but that the outfit below was boring. They hated her padding and they really, really hated her third look with Michelle saying it looked like she had sores and she needs to edit. Um, and then they also lay into Britta they said they liked her first look but um they really obviously hate the pineapple i mean i haven't actually heard one person i've checked a lot of sites no one has liked the pineapple look it does seem to be universally disliked at this point oh yeah pineapple princess and then they talk about Gigi, um and she they call her exciting and chic and say it's clear she's been studying of course she brings up her mom and says that her mum doesn't give herself enough credit and that's why she's here to make her proud. And I have to admit, this doesn't happen often these days on Drag Race, but when she said that, I did cry. I was quite hungover, but I shed a tear because I really find it cute when people talk about making their parents proud. Yeah. (laughs) So are you getting um, a potential winner vibe from Gigi? It feels like... Am I getting potential? Yeah, definitely top i think yeah she's up there i think who else is up there jada yeah those are the top three so far i think that it could work against her that she's doing a lot of similar things to aquaria and aquaria is quite a recent winner um if Gigi proves that she's very good at the comedy challenges as well then i think it would just be a bit too similar to aquaria but maybe not as good yeah so they might be looking for something a little bit different. Michelle says that Rockham's outfit was her least favourite on the runway and Jada was her favourite. And then I enjoy, they don't do this as much anymore, but they do a bit where, they used to have it every episode where Michelle starts talking and Rue cuts her off and goes, silence! <laughs> they do like a really awful one to her this episode, which I very much enjoyed. And then we find out that Nikki and Jada are safe and Gigi wins, which I'm fine with. But then this is when the real gag happened. Aiden Zane is declared safe. <gasps> the gasp heard around the world. <laughs> <laughs> this was one point where I wished that I was at a viewing party, uh, which I know we won't be at for quite a long time. But um, it's just one of those things I can really imagine everyone just standing up and like screaming a bit like when Valentina was eliminated was eliminated where it's just like everyone's losing their minds but even the other queens are baffled by what's happening so like we've said i do feel like they're doing this on purpose they're trying to be provocative to us drag race fans i think they're making the other queens turn on aiden aren't they you can see next episode they're going to be out for blood yeah it's like she's been sacrificed um so you thought the bottom two should be is it britta versus aiden yeah Okay, I think it should have been Aiden versus... Yeah, I agree, actually. Aiden versus Britta. And then we probably would have lost Aiden. Um, oh, well, I think we get Rockham versus Britta, 
Rockham is saying, go to a happy place, go to a happy place before the lip sync starts. And we get Leslie Jones saying, do this shit. She's like egging her on. But I think really, if she wants to help her, she should tell her to take off her skirt now. Because if she'd taken off that skirt before the lip sync, things might have gone differently. Oh, my God. But Britta says um, in the confessional that her arrogant ass thought she wouldn't be lip syncing all season, doing like a Bianca Del Rio. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> and then we get the song. It's Rihanna S&M. Perfect lip sync song. It's kind of surprising we haven't had it already, isn't it? But there's so many good Rihanna songs. It's like, I think every season could have one and we'd never run out. Oh my God, no. It's the iconic Tatiana Lissa lip sync. Oh, yeah. definitely. Which Rihanna song would you most like that we haven't had so far? I mean, so it's like We've had Only Go in the World, right? Yes, but it was really bad. Who was it? Can you remember? It was... Um, I want to say Monica Beverly Hills and I think she stayed and who left? Oh, is that when she came out as trans? Yes, it was. Oh, maybe she left. Wait, they, she came out as trans and then they made her lip sync to Only Girl in the World? Yeah, that did happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to rewatch that because I think there were many layers to that episode that we've missed. Um, um, yeah, mine would be I love Man Down and I love Cheers to the Freaking Weekend. Oh, we don't win this the West, didn't we? Last finale. We did what? We had SOS last finale, didn't we? Oh, like, yeah, that was that was him. They have had a lot of Rihanna, actually. I bet she's up there with Ariana Grande soon for like most lip sync songs. And Men and did, were they both Rihanna, the first two songs of the lip sync last year? I think it was Bootylicious and SOS and and then Edge of Glory in the um, in the final. Uh, so, yeah, it's a great song. But, again, I don't think we get too great of a lip sync, unfortunately. We start off with Rock really struggling to get off her skirt, which seems to last an agonizingly long time. So long. And Britta. Do you think Britta's intentionally blocking her? Yeah. <laughs> with her shoes. I'm surprised this hasn't cropped up more on the show. Uh, I think it's happened accidentally a couple of times. I think Mimi and first definitely tried to do it, but yeah, it, quite a lot of it, she seems to be blocking her. And then what did you make of Rockham when she finally is free doing all those splits? Too many. You've got a, she's too, too, we've seen it. We saw her do splits in the B challenge as well. She's, she does these little like kooky little splits, but it's just, I feel and like in her, out, out um, the split, you don't know me one as well yeah it's just overkill it comes across as desperate but Britta uses it against her she picks up the discarded skirt and uses it as like a chain in a whip and makes it fit the lyrics yeah Britta also has one apparently funny moment where she sniffs her fingers to I like the smell of it so for me it was clear that Britta was winning this one did you feel like that as well um only slightly I just thought they both came across so desperate not great performers. Yeah, I don't think Britta destroyed her or did really well. I just think she served a lip sync that was not too bad, whereas um, Rox just came across really, really messy, I thought. Yeah. Thanks. obviously I would have loved Rockham to stay. So um, when Britta's announced to stay and we find out that Rockham is the next queen to leave, for me it was one of the most heartbreaking eliminations I can remember in recent years. Yeah. 
It was the most unexpected. And most shocking. I mean, I was very shocked when Scarlett, um, say Scarlett O'Hara, Scarlett Envy, when she left, was it last year or the year before? But I wasn't devastated when she left. Whereas Rockham, she's so upset and so emotional. And she parts with the line, never give up on your dreams and tell yourself that you love yourself. Once again, I was in tears. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Look at you, emotional. Your time of the month. I think because I have been inside for so long. I, say, I sound that like I'm in prison. Because <laughs> I've been self-isolating for so long. It does not take much to set me off. Mm-hmm. Um, but as Rockham leaves, she's wailing. Were you not heartbroken? I was. I feel like she had more to give. And I did actually find her pretty funny. Yeah, I found her really funny. I think she has a lot of potential. Uh, some people are saying that they think she could maybe be brought back for the next season because she's such an early out. Uh, do you, could you see that happening? Or even All Stars? No, I think she's. Got, I don't think they'll bring her back. I think they've only done that with Vanjie and Cynthia, but it's because of health issues, isn't it? Well, they did it with Shangela as well. Original. Yeah, Shangela, the original. Yeah, and then Eureka came back, but obviously that was health as well. I feel like they've never. They've always done it with first outs, apart from Cynthia. Um, so I feel like maybe this could be the first time they do it with a second out. There's something about this that makes me feel like Rockham Sakura's time on Drag Race is not over. Oh. Did um, I haven't seen um, Watch You Packing, have you? Yeah, I just watched it before we started. Did she say who she would do for Snatch Game or not? No, they didn't ask her. Oh, um, I love that question. Well, maybe she's there for Snatch Game. I feel like... Who was it? Oh, Dahlia, obviously, last week. So apparently she tweeted that she's going to be back in the show at some point, which often they do these the times, even if they bring them back just for a challenge. It doesn't always necessarily mean someone's going to be back in the competition. But I feel like that hint means that maybe one of the queens is going to return this season. Oh. Maybe it's Rockham. And if not, I think Rockham will be back next season. You heard it here first. Um... And then, obviously, we get the preview for next week, which is an active challenge, Gay's Anatomy. So do you think that's going to be a good episode? I love a little acting challenge. They're usually a mess, but usually a hot mess, which I appreciate. I know. I want to go re-watch... Um, the, is it the Shakespeare one from season seven, where everyone was bad? <laughs> yeah, that was um, when Jasmine Masters and Pearl were just like absolute train wrecks. That was the angriest RuPaul ever was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was an absolute car <laughs> crash. Do you know what else I heard a rumour about? I don't know if this is true, um, but I heard that on this season, someone's going to be disqualified, and no, not Sherry Pie. Someone gets like a Willem-style disqualification. Really? There are a lot of fake rumours going around. Uh, they, they happen every season, so I don't know if they're true or not, but I really hope this one's true, because that'd be really fun. What would someone get disqualified for, doing a Willem? I don't know. Maybe um, being too aggressive, bullying, um, maybe cheating somehow. I don't know. Oh. If it's anyone, I think it would be Britta Filter. Yeah. That's my prediction. So uh, we have recapped this week's episode. Uh, Sorry to listeners if there were any technical glitches there. Um, We did have a few technical problems, but I'm assured that Moon will take care of them all and it will sound amazing. Yeah. And apart from that, we will see you on Thursday for the Ed and Charlie show. Which yes. will sound a lot better, I promise. 
Thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you for make this work. Well, people have to listen now because they've got nothing else to do because they're all stuck at home. So even if the audio is bad, they can start with choosers, okay? But thank you, as ever, for listening. Thank you. And we'll see you Thursday. Charlie, should we click it out? Don't click. Bye. Woo!